Welcome to Archie Digest, a Riverdale podcast. This is a podcast. It's about a story. It's about a town. It's about a murder, but like it's about the murderer because tonight we're talking about Chapter Twelve, Anatomy of a Murder. And God damn it, we found out who killed Jason Blossom. Uh, I'm Chris Hayner. I'm Craig Byrne. I'm Russ Burlingame. Can we just jump right in and say it? Clifford Blossom is the murderer. Holy cow. Yeah, like, uh, no, I, I think the almost as big of a shock, though, was that we actually do have incest on the show, and it's not Cheryl and Jason, it's that's, Holly that's and Jason. The weird, that's the weird thing, uh, the, the murderer being revealed was, like, not anywhere near the big twist of the episode that caught me off guard. And also yeah. the notion that Penelope Blossom was weirdly okay with the incest... Well, here's here's the yeah. thing. Do we know for sure that Penelope Blossom knows? She yeah, well, seemed to find out here. Line. Yeah, was was it Clifford who said something along the lines of, "Well, those babies are the most perfectly blossom thing." Uh, That's true. Well, I Clifford, can't remember what the. He's a creep. Oh, it was like blo- like pure blossom or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It was very much like. There, there was almost a sense of our third cousin. That's even better. Yeah. <laughs> if only it was a second cousin. Damn it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Finally, an incest couple on the CW. Who would have known? Oh, I'm not even. I'm. I'm. I'm going to stay away from that because I got death threats last time I talked about that. So no. And I already got one phone call today that, that we can't talk yeah. about on the air. So. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, you know, I think about yeah. it now, though. Now that the incest thing has come out, I wonder what Madeline particularly was thinking when we would ask her the incest questions all the time. You know, part of it is, without getting too dismissive of kind of the big twist of it all, I feel like the 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 hand waving and going well you know they're third cousins fairly legit it's like you're you're pretty far removed and you didn't know um and they they uh, made a point of saying the babies were healthy yeah yeah uh and and it's funny because we talked about the prospect of being I can't remember if we talked about the prospect of Clifford being the father of the Bloss or of the of one of the Coopers, or if we talked about uh, had an affair with Penelope. But we we discussed the possibility that and Polly were related. And I remember specifically that you proposed it, Craig, and I shot it down, saying that I don't know, man. She's actually pregnant. I don't know if they're going to go that far. <laughs> By the way, I don't know if the final recording is going to sound like this, but. You had a few words just drop out there, Russ. Well, I'm I'm doing a backup record on my okay, uh, cool screen recorder, so I can kind of use it a- as needed. Yeah. Uh, so I had I had this discussion uh, with a friend who watched the episode a little bit earlier. Uh, you mentioned the fact that they're, they're third cousins, so you don't really have to worry about the uh, the health problems that might come with uh, an ancestral pregnancy when you're that far removed. 
Right. I don't think the Blossom family would care about that at all. I think what they were in, the reason they wanted to hide it is that is a family that lives and dies on public perception. Mm-hmm. And the public perception would be not good. And that would be devastating to their egos. And I think we've all been able to figure out so far, ego is something that is very important to that family. You know, it's funny because I feel like we got that same sense from Alice Cooper in the beginning, that she was very, very kind of cognizant of being proper. And yeah. I think she was the only one of the four parents that really totally seemed blindsided by the idea that the Coopers and the Blossoms were related. Yeah. Well, what's I I thought uh, Betty, Betty's reaction to finding out she was a Blossom, she was more disgusted by that than by the idea that her that her sister is giving birth to a baby she conceived with her cousin. Oh, yeah. Yet at the same time, I appreciated, and this is skipping way ahead, I appreciated, wasn't it Betty the one that called Cheryl to warn her? Yes, told her to get yeah. out of that house. Which kind of yeah. shows that at the end of the day, even if these characters have their conflicts, they do kind of care about each other. I mean, yeah, they're high schoolers. They can't be that awful yet. They have to grow into it. Yeah, it's pretty awful sometimes, though. Well, and I do think it's it's both telling, and I think it's going to set up some really interesting story that Cheryl's response is not to get out of the house as Betty warns her to essentially go to her mom's side and say, "Okay, well, we're the blossoms now, and we're gonna get rid of this guy." And I kind of wonder, though, is she going to feel a responsibility for what her father did? I don't think that she would. I mean, she might feel some responsibility, but I don't think that she'll care that much because at the end of the day, I think that Jason was way more her family than her parents were. And I kind of feel like if who killed Jason killed himself over it, she's going to be like, fuck him, good. Well, but beyond I, that, I also I think the, the distract. I, I don't think she'll have time to focus on that because clearly the Blossom family is not out of the woods yet because it also looks like they have a drug connection. Th- yeah, that's also very true. And and somebody probably will get arrested, and that'll be what clears Hiram. Although the interesting thing about that is all the money they've been paying to Hiram for so long now very much looks like drug money. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm curious what uh, Penelope, you know, where her character will go now that Clifford's not around. But also, does this mean that Nana Blossom is aware of the whole Cooper thing? I would assume so. Does it do what? Nana Blossom. Wouldn't she have been around for all that nonsense? Isn't it like great-great-great-grandfather, or was it just great-grandfather? Great-grandfather. Oh, see, I thought it was—I thought it was at least a couple of greats. I, no, thought, I think it was yeah, just one great. That's very strange, then, because like I remember my great grandmother, so and yeah. so I feel like I would know if at some point during her life or my life we changed family names. See, for me, my my family like skipped a generation somewhere, so I had no great grandparents 
I think one might have died when I was like two, but she was like oh, was ninety say, at the you time. Definitely, you definitely have them somewhere along the lines because your parents had to be born. Well, you know what I mean, like alive yeah. during my lifetime. Uh, sure. So you know they would have been like a hundred years ahead of me. You know, so I can see where somebody might not know. Also, great grandparent of. Hal Cooper, I mean, assuming Hal, just like making up an age, assuming Hal's like 45, Mm -hmm. a a great-grandfather for him would be like 125. So they would have been dead for sure, at least now. And they might not have talked about their past. That's true. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not too worried about the logistics of... Because I think that... like, okay, it's what the story tells you. And uh, I think actually the, the funniest thing about it is that beginning, I was like, it's a really stupid family feud. Like, why is that, why is that still a thing? Uh, the fact that they were actually family before the schism, a little bit more weight, and it makes the fact that they're still hanging on to it 100 years later a lot more sense. Absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah, and I I also have to say, you know, I mean, I felt like the episode started with unreliable narrators. Like, I felt like FP wasn't telling the truth even in the beginning, and, you know, as the episode progressed, it's like, okay, I'm not sure I believe what so-and-so is saying right here. And sure No, enough, I think it'll be interesting to see how things play out in the finale next week, and... and Characters are kind of, I guess, are or are not brought back in to re kind of tell their story and figure out what was truth and what was fiction. Uh, certainly, these story that were obviously true. Uh, one of the things that I will say that we got right, because I think we all kind of collectively agreed on this, I know that I remember saying it, that. Uh, the kidnapper and the murderer were two different parties. Yeah. And so there was just enough of FP's story to be convincing because he was on some level involved in the kidnapping. Or was he? That's the thing. I feel like we don't actually know. Okay, so this was my yeah, thought as I was watching. Yeah, because he told his story and, he, and FP was there. But, yes, but that story, that story only took place after... Um, after Jace, uh, Jason Blossom was dead, as I'm watching it, because based on the video footage we saw of the actual killing, mm-hmm. uh, Jason was being held by Mustang. Mustang, yeah. And part of me wonders if this is something Mustang got into or the club got into without FP and then realized they were in over their heads and he had to come and sort of clean it all up. You know what? That probably makes sense because they're not going to let FP be responsible for like torturing a child if they want to have yeah, him on the show yeah. beyond now. Yeah. yeah, and I mean I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, there's the there's the line, I can't remember if it was actually in this episode or if it was in the trailer for next week, where Sheriff Keller basically tells Look, your dad's not getting out anytime soon because here's all the penny anti crap that I can throw at him. Yes, that was that that was in this episode. Yeah, and and that's interesting to me because it, you know it, it lends itself to the 
the Henry Allen of it all, spending a season with Jughead's dad in jail. Uh, but the other side of that is that it it still wouldn't surprise me to see, uh, you know, the Blossom family exert their political power and be like, no, this is all going away now because the murderer has been caught. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see whether that happens and where FP kind of ends up at the end of the season. Now, I know a lot of us, you know, we're doing our predictions for, you know, who killed Jason. Did any of us have Clifford Blossom pegged as the other big death? No. Well, no. I don't I mean, think I so. Feel, I, feel I, like, I feel like we've speculated at points that the, other, that the big death would be whoever committed the crime. Yes. But I, don't I know think that we have said that, although Clifford. I see, I thought I really thought the second death was going to be Joaquin de Santos. No, he took he took the 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 big butts to the sky right out of town. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at least until plot demands him to come back, or maybe he was just taking a bus to the south side. For all we know, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I think they do need to go to the south side fairly soon. Spoiler, everybody. Yeah, all right. we're allowed there. to talk about that, that actually, because uh, we we are we are okay. because are we uh, when I we are because I asked Lisa. Oh, we're going to Southside High next week. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, I uh, I did a story recently on the history of Riverview Asylum, um, because it's been in like a million things, and now they're tearing it down. And wait, is that where we were? Yes. Yeah, it, it's been in like six episodes of Psych, a bunch of episodes of the X Files. Uh, I know another show is on. It, it's don't fucking me? say Smallville. I swear to God. It, it's. I didn't say it, you did. True though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was the 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 lab where Doctor Manhattan was born and Watchmen. It's just one of those like it's got a creepy old asylum vibe to it, so everybody's used it. And that's where Polly was earlier this year. So Southside High is also St. Whatever. The Sisters of whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. yeah the Sisters but, so of I, whatever I, it was. I like that name. But when I reached out to, uh, to Publicity to make sure that we weren't getting anybody in trouble, I said, hey, you know, just because it would be interesting for the story, would it be okay if I mentioned the fact that it's Southside High later this season? And she said yes, as long as I didn't publish any photos of the place dressed as Southside High. Uh, I have so many photos. I, I have two do. or three just because I was like, hey, uh, <laughs> most of the time they were actually one of the things that's really interesting is that apparently because other places on that campus are still an active mental health facility, mm-hmm. technically you're not supposed to be able to take photos on the property without the express written permission of management. Oh, darn, I hope they don't get me fired from my job. What's up? <laughs> Sing. But, uh, but anyway, um, yeah, we, 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 we got off on a tangent there because uh, yeah. high. But, yeah, you're going to see Southside High uh, next week, which, like I said, uh, we, we are allowed to say because I've checked. <laughs> we should also point out, I know we talked about this before we started recording, but um, – for those of you who listened to our most recent episode for episode 11 to reveal back again, we mentioned that we'd have a special guest in our next show. Unfortunately, that special guest is at a Riverdale cast event tonight. 
So we'll do a special edition at some point between now and the season finale. So you'll get a bonus episode of the Archie Digest. So sorry if you guys are listening, expecting somebody cooler than, you know, Chris, which is kind of hard to do. But there you go. Yeah. Yeah, and and I will say that when we were talking about it, I wanted to have that person on during, uh, like, an episode where we were breaking down something important for their character. But it was more important because of the gravity of this week's episode and because uh, a couple of us have schedules that are less forgiving than others over the next day or two. It was more important for us to get an episode out in a timely fashion uh, so that people could kind of get our take on it and interact with us on, on the social than it was to be like, Oh, well let's hold off on talking about it till we can get like somebody, somebody else to join into the conversation. Cause that person will still be able to join into the conversation in two days. Uh, but uh, speaking of just, you know, getting our immediate reactions how, for either of you guys, were you guys emotionally drained after watching the episode? Like so much went on. You're just like, Oh my God, I need yes. to breathe. Okay. Yeah, yeah so I was kind of me. <laughs> I was kind of the opposite of emotionally drained. I, I was like buzzing. Uh, I mean, the first half of this episode was just it just moved like a freight train. It was one of those like one of the things that I compare it to is actually I, there's this comic book I like called Savage Dragon, and year or so that I was reading this book, it took me a long time to get used to the pacing because. He, he transitions from scene to scene and it's just like, there's no setup. It's just like stuff happens and then stuff happens and then stuff happens. And, uh, this episode felt at the beginning, it was like you would transition between scenes and it was just, you know, they, they said, but we got to go tell our parents first. And then it cuts. And like a second later, they are two thirds of the way through telling their parents and there is no breathing room at all. And so by the time I got kind of through the episode, I was like humming with energy just because like so much happened in such a short window of time. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm trying to keep up with it. I think I just I felt really bad, especially for Cheryl. Uh, You know, I mean, just the shock. I mean, number one, that her dad killed her brother and then her dad just like hanging there by the maple syrup. It just was kind of heartbreaking. I mean, there was a lot of heartbreaking feelings in this episode. I thought, um, like, I'm watching Cole Sprouse's Jughead, and I'm just like, who would have thought Zach or Cody, whichever one he was, had it in him? You know, he, he was known for comedy, and here he's doing this, like, seriously dark drama and doing an amazing job with it. Yeah, I was very I, impressed. You know, I will say one of the things that just gutted me two or three times was his performance tonight it was was jughead and the i I got a kind of you want to stand up and cheer back at the tv moment when uh when betty a couple of times within about a two minute span like kept people just kept telling her like okay it's over stop and she was like nope i'm not done with this yet uh and and I really, really liked what they were doing with Jughead and FP, and I really, really liked what Lily was doing with Betty this week. Uh, I I think that Cheryl and Jughead both underwent so much 
that it would be easy to not notice just how damn good Lily was this week. Yeah. Uh, but, but Betty had some really, really great work. Mm-hmm. I also like, I felt a little heartbroken. I know this is going back to Jughead, but uh, when Fred was just kind of like talking shit, like right in front of him and he's Fred like, I'll just go my new enemy. But he's like, oh, I'll just go sleep in the garage. And it's like, ouch. Your dad was yeah. just put in jail, arrested, may have confessed to a murder, and you've got to sleep in the cold garage. Not cool. Yeah, and we know it's cold because these last three episodes are all full of snow all the time. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And, you know, we still haven't seen that little uh, thing that happens in the snow from the trailer they showed at WonderCon. Yeah, the, the sizzle reel of the, everybody running. And it's funny because they did show it in the trailer for next week, and it gives a very different perspective than what we had thought. <coughs> uh, I'd, <laughs> I'd have to rewatch the trailer because I think I caught it very briefly. I was still kind of in shock. And yeah, I also. Uh, that's fair. Were you wanna, guys, oh, sorry. I was just going to say, and I don't want to get into the trailer for next week because, frankly, this yeah. episode had so much going on that we don't need to spend. 10 minutes talking about speculation for next week. Yeah. Were you surprised well, to see Molly Ringwald still on the show? I thought she was only doing two episodes and here she was for another one. I was not I mean, surprised guess, by how not good she was. What's up? I, you know, she, uh, that's my hot, that's my hot take. You guys not impressed. I, I just hope that Archie calls her mommy Ringwald. <sighs> That that's the that's the new this sheriff the new killer sheriff for season killer. two, Mommy Ringwald. Hashtag. Uh, We're making I, mugs. Mimi, no. Michelle, you're gonna buy one, right? <laughs> to answer your question, though, I wasn't surprised. I I think that I think her cameo at the end of nine, or at the end of ten, didn't count towards the two episodes. Yeah, because. Clearly. It, there were two episodes that she was very much a part of. And then there was the episode that they advertised as the Molly Ringwald episode, but she showed up for four seconds at the end. Can we also talk about how newspapers are printed so quickly in Riverdale that you'll get a headline like, you know, FP kills Jason Blossom before anybody could tell Polly about it. Well, don't you think I mean, word of mouth would kind of spread. One would think, except for the fact that in the Blossom House, they seemed to be controlling that information tightly. I, I mean, even even before, like, at the end of last week, the weird conversation that was going on with, uh, with the Blossom parents. I don't know. I, I, I can, I'll buy it because I feel like part and parcel of being in the spooky old house is being cut off from the rest of the non-Blossom world. But this is a strange world where the blue and gold reports on JFK being dead. So it's true. It's true. Journalism. Journalism's weird, but at least people do the journalism thing. Unlike Iris West and Cara Danvers, who seem to skip out on it a lot of the time. Fair. Although Cara at least got some reporter stories in the back half of the season. Although but, I yeah. found it really bizarre tangent. Sorry. I'll be quick. On Supergirl, I guess it was last week, where she goes as Lena's guest to an event and starts asking questions. That's not cool. Yeah, but. that was a that was a weird one. 
But again, yeah, well, to I, be I, fair, I, she was Lena's guest to a TCA party, so it's okay. <laughs> oh dear. And everybody's like, what's TCA? So we're just going to skip that. Um, yeah, so I'm like looking at my notes that I tweeted while I was watching. Weatherby was kind of being a dick again, wasn't he, at some point? There's a lot well, of dicks in this world. You know, it, he was and he wasn't, though, because, I mean, here's the thing. I, I There were a lot of people being really kind of dickish to Jughead this episode. Uh, the one that I probably would take the least issue with was Weatherby because while he was being abrupt and dickish as the principal of a school where like one of your kids just got murdered if Jughead comes in and like by his presence you know that there's going to be a disruption and moments after he arrives somebody tries to assault him like Cheryl it's like damn Cheryl so to me it's to me like I I Yes, he was being a dick, but I th- feel like he was being the most justified of dicks in this episode because as a principal, like his primary responsibility is to make sure that nobody gets hurt at school. And if people are going to try to make a move on Jughead, good, he ought to be going home. Well, looking at Jughead for a second, uh, I believe, yeah, all, th- all three of us have talked to uh, Cole about Many playing times. characters throughout the season <laughs> and how he sort of he like he was looking forward to like getting into like the darker stuff, the darker side of Jughead and some of the mm. woman. Hey, like the the things you'd be like, I don't understand how this, this would work when you were talking to him earlier in the season, and then at a certain point, through everything in this episode, so much bad got laid on this kid. To the point that his own father was arrested for murder, his solution was to call and ask his mom if he could come see her, and she said no. And I, yeah. I feel like we really turned a corner with Jughead at some point into a very, very dark story that all of his friends could, like, as, as much as everybody's got, well, everybody except Archie, I guess, has their own little bit of darkness. I I feel like even Betty would have such a hard time comprehending everything Jughead's going through. Yeah, and it's going to be really interesting to see how some of that plays out. Certainly, I think uh, one of the things I was talking about earlier, the idea of like, okay, so what happens next with FP? If he doesn't get home, what happens with Jughead? Because Jughead his mom takes over the trailer. Not eighteen. And I, I don't know. I feel like Jughead's mom didn't know when he said he was, when he invited himself over, she didn't know that his dad was in jail for murder. Uh, you know, there have been comments from the showrunners that one of the two big relationships will be up in the air at the end of the season. And when we were visiting the set, I know Cole had said something along the lines of, uh, you posted the video, Craig, where he, he says that, you know, towards the finale is when you start to see the classic love triangle starting to take shape. It's going to be basically stuck in Toledo for the summer. And when we come back, Betty's going to have developed feelings for Archie again. Uh, Betty, you can do better than that. that, that, sounds, that uh, yeah. If I'm being completely honest, that just sounds kind of boring. Um, I don't, I don't know that judges will actually go to Toledo. That I find that interesting. 
because I, I don't know what he'll end up doing. And I, I like that I'm not sure what he'll end up doing. I just yeah. know that, like, clearly his trust issues go very, very deep. And as the season has rolled on, we understand more and more why they go so deep. So mm-hmm. I don't even know where to go with the character other than, like, it's just going to, it's good. Like, before he gets to the better, I guess, it's going to, you know, it's going to get even worse. Because yeah. his, his, his father isn't a killer. No, that's great. However, his father did do a lot of horrible, illegal things, and it's going to be hard for him to skate on those. Although his yeah. father also, you know, almost took the fall completely just to protect Jughead. Which, was, which is you know, great. Yeah. That, that is one thing, like, all of the stuff that he actually did do that's, that's kind of provable, um, I don't know. Depending on how the writers want to tackle it, you could plausibly get him off on most things on the strength of, okay, you guys let Bl- you guys let Blossom come in here and threaten my kid's life. And so, you know, my obstruction charges are on you because I was only doing that because I literally had a sword hanging over my kid's head. Well, to be uh, fair, he also ditched the body. Uh, oh, yeah. Torched but- the car. <laughs> like, he did a... Like, uh, FP is no uh, paragon of innocence by any... But the... Was that the the confession he gave is tainted by the the Clifford Blossom of it all. And so if he can foment reasonable doubt, then he could get off just in a traditional way. You know, if he could find some other serpent who's low on the totem pole to take the hit because these are all fairly small charges... Um, again, I don't know. I'm just spitballing. It's one of those things that I, I'm I'm actually super interested in the Bolt's side of the the Jones family story right now. Well, yeah. didn't like, Cole? Oh, sorry. Didn't didn't Cole say in that video interview that we're going to see Jughead eating a lot more burgers near the end of the season? We still haven't seen that really. Well, I, true. Think he, I think he said we'll see. We will definitely see Jughead eat a burger. Also, I, I'd like to point I can't out. Remember, yeah, I can't remember the exact thing that he said, but I, I know that. I mean, part of it might have ended up on the cutting room floor. We do know that this is a show where they they shoot a lot more footage than they use. Yeah. Um, the fact that this episode they went back to pops like three different times. Very yeah. possibly could have been a big eating episode until, you know, a cut came back where that was mostly gone. Fair. Although I will say Jughead does have a sticker of a hamburger on his laptop. Yes. <laughs> that got a nice Which was shot very much, I mean, I, I'd spotted it in previous episodes, but it was very much on display yeah. in this episode because when they watch the murder. You're just staring like, at the hamburger the whole time. Exactly. Luckily, the the like the nonverbal acting that was going on with most of the cast there was good enough that it that like Jughead's like laptop flare wasn't too distracting because like you were watching it, you were watching Lily tear up and stuff like that. Well, yeah, that's that's the thing. I I feel like and Lily was great, but I feel like they all really knocked that scene out of the park because uh-huh. it it portrayed just how horrific it was 
just by what was happening on their faces. And ju- like yeah. Jughead looked yeah. utterly devastated. Yeah. Like he was just, he was just sitting behind everyone's stone face, devastated. Mm-hmm. I Archie was playing a guitar or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, KJ was the only one who didn't like he wasn't visibly shaken. We talked about that actually briefly last time about the idea that when I said, well, they didn't seem that shaken by the parents or by the, that it would be one of their parents. It was like, yeah, but KJ was kind of just non-responsive. So you wondered if he was in shock, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, but there's also things that don't make any sense that still don't make any sense. Like, the whole thing where Archie filled in for Jason at the Maple Festival thingy. Like, how does that fit into everything? I wonder whether, you know, because they, they brought in, like, all the, the weird, like, uh, distant relatives that are all apparently part of the, you know, the board of directors or whatever. I almost wonder if it's one of those things where the they would stand to lose like part of their share to the Coopers. If things don't, if things broke the wrong way. Um, I don't know. I think that the, the, the Archie, like the, the, that part of it, it, I don't think that we're ever going to get a totally acceptable answer as to why it was so important that they had Archie there. I think that the real answer is that it was setting up this idea that control of the company and control of the family legacy was slipping away from Clifford and that they were doing whatever they needed to do to try and reestablish it. And do, okay, here's another probably dumb question, but are we to assume that Penelope did not know? I I definitely don't think that she knew. Uh, I mean, I, I could be wrong, but I mean, the way that she acted last week when FP was charged, uh, one, I mean, I didn't talk about this at the time because we were there was so much going on. But one of the reasons that I really continued to stand behind my Clifford Blossom theory uh, last week, it was like it started to feel like, ah, there's so many other good candidates right now, but nobody was as good as Clifford. And one of the reasons that I continued to think that was because a thousand yards stare out of him, and she was like sobbing and like holding him and kind of. And she kept talking about how she was going to destroy the person who killed her son. And the thousand yard stare that he had, I just really felt like, yeah, that's because she's talking about you and you don't know what the hell to respond to that with. <laughs> I, I still can't get over how much this episode felt like a season finale. And then it's like, wait, there's one more? You know, it's like... Uh, you know, the, so... I actually, I, I, weirdly enough, I spoke with Roberta, the showrunner, about that because uh, I kind of felt the same way. But the the way he laid it out makes sense. This episode was all about who done it, and the finale is about why, which is a weird thing because, as we were told by Jughead, the narrator, only Clifford Blossom knows why, and he's dead. So. How do we figure that out? Do we yeah, think I'd he start- left behind a series of 13 cassette tapes? That's is Reggie guess. there. The real Reggie, not Reggie the fake Reggie there. they're getting next year. Good <laughs> question. Uh, 
you know, here's here's. I mean, obviously, I think that what we're going to look at is that there'll be there will be some degree of an investigation next season, trying to figure out what the hell happened with him. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, which is good. I I do like I like I like the idea, the investigation continuing and kind of the specter of Jason continuing, but it not just being like, oh, there was another murder. One of the things, like, you know, when they had said there's going to be another death that they're going to be investigating next year, my first thought was, like, how do you sell that? Because the the whole thing of season one was that this is this idyllic little town, and Jason's death was so far out of the ordinary that it shattered everything. You can't do that again. Like, once it's broken, it can't be, you know. Again, I don't want Riverdale to become a genre show. But, you know, they do say that, uh, you know, the last scene with Cheryl in the finale is going to surprise people. What if Cheryl goes to see Sabrina? I don't think that's going to be because uh, that's something that's something else I brought up in my 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 interview. Uh, and he the way he, he said that Cheryl's story is shocking and dark and darker than. Clifford killing Jason. Yeah, well, bringing J- Jason back, but bringing Jason back as a zombie is pretty dark. I don't, th- I don't think that's nearly as dark as what they're talking about. It sounds, it's, and plus, I mean that I feel that goes, that turns a little toward a little too far towards the fantastic, especially in a world where she realizes that like the maple empire could be a drug empire. There's, there's so much they already have to clean up about this world that mm-hmm. I think, Oh, and by the way, it's, uh, zombies is a little too out of the realm of possibility. Also notice this is the first episode where Jason Blossom spoke, even though we didn't hear his voice. You saw him talking on one of the videos. That's true. Oh, did we? His lips I wonder if Trevor's going to get to speak in, in the finale. Yeah. I just hope he's there next season. In flashbacks. <laughs> or they'll, they'll do it like Twin Peaks. They'll bring in his identical cousin. Oh my god, that'd be great. Maddie. M-A-T-T-Y. Yeah. But, oh my god. But it's, like, it's, his <laughs> exactly. identical, it's his identical third cousin, so it's okay if him and Cheryl date. <laughs> Come on, that sounds great. You know it does. I, I think, actually, Jason Blossom's killer was Jason from the future, an alternate future where his face is scarred. <laughs> that sounds stupid. Never mind. <sighs> that sounds stupid. Or no, we'll, we'll, get a, we'll get five years of Jason Blossom flashbacks. So, like, season five will be Jason in Russia. Yeah, to there be fair, he did, sp- he did spend time on an island. He did. Probably. Yeah. Uh, one thing I, I will uh, one thing I will say is that weird inkling like, like this morning, like suddenly I had this crazy idea in my head. I was like, shit, w- you know, because w- again, going back to the idea that I thought the killer was going to be a different person than the person who abducted him, uh, I had this sudden like weird, very strong feeling at the last minute, like shit. What if Jason killed himself? <laughs> and they were watching like I, I had this weird thing of like watching that that scene in the tr- in the trailer and being like what if they're watching him kill himself right now 
I feel and like we had this discussion in our last show. Did we? Maybe maybe no, I had we, it we talked the, We talked about the trailer. We didn't talk about the possibility it could be a suicide, though. And I got to be honest, I kind of dig it. It's just one of those weird, like, I had the idea, and I was just like, man, that would totally screw up these these kids. Like, yep. probably worse than seeing the murder, seeing him kill himself and having no idea why. I kind of want that that's kind. Yeah, well, that's kind of what we ended up with with this, like, with the the idea that they they don't really. I mean, here's the thing. I think they did give us enough. Like, they gave us enough context clues that, from the perspective of the police, I think this investigation will be closed because it's like, okay, well, we have enough motive that we're not going to keep digging because we know that we know we got the right guy. Uh, at a certain point, I feel like Keller's interest in this case has to disappear, except for as it pertains to the drug empire. Yeah. But next season, Keller is the one that's the killer. Probably. Season two. <sighs> you know, being friends with you guys is really hard sometimes. It's really <laughs> well, hard. Well, I, I will and, say... Oh, uh, and we know his uh, first name now. Tom. It's Tom. Somebody asked the writers that on Twitter, and oh, nice. I see Sheriff Tom Keller. I believe Mimi asked. Oh, uh, Michelle, good yeah. Michelle, Michelle, you know your Michelle favorite listener? The one that you're amazing? Yeah, Michelle <laughs> is amazing. She's, like, cooler than all of us. Her and I mean, Betty and Juggie. Uh, no, I was her man. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, so what haven't we covered in this episode? I mean, there seems there was so much ground to cover. How about that bit where uh, Penelope is like dragging Cheryl into like the barn where eventually Clifford offs himself and she yeah. like grabs her forcefully and is like, do you want to see what's going on? That was, you know, what's really interesting. Too. What's really and interesting she didn't actually me. show her what's going on. I don't think she was like, look, drugs. No, she's like, look, syrup. This is our uh, empire. Look. The thing though, they they did cut away. I wonder if I, I like I wonder if the drugs are on the ground not because it was like Clifford's confession, but because they had already played that out off camera, and it's just uh, like I don't know. I I think it, one interesting thing that we're gonna have to explore is what did Penelope know? When did she know it? And honestly, there's gotta be like. I think the question's going to come up at some point in season two, maybe even next week, whether he took his own life of his own volition. Yeah. I would, I would assume that'll come on. If that doesn't come into play, I'll be very surprised. Yeah. I'll say that. Certainly. I mean, it's definitely like I, once he's caught and there's no upside, absolutely see her essentially forcing him to do I don't know that she could do that in front of Cheryl although again I don't know how completely like I could see Cheryl getting pretty emotionally detached once she found out that somebody killed Jason like I I I, sure yeah uh, so I, I I could see Cheryl and her mom essentially doing whatever once they knew that they were a unified front against who did this to them. Yeah. Do either of you think that next week's episode will have happiness for anyone? Because this was pretty dour week. 
I think it's going to be I, – I don't know if it, happiness is the right word. I suspect we're going to get a lot of bittersweet stuff. Like I, I think, think Veronica gonna, will be fine. I, probably, although, man, I think she's not going to be – like the, one of the things I do remember tweeting uh, was when, when Hermione was like, oh, great news, your dad's coming home. I'm just like, man, Hermione has a really strange definition of what great news is. Uh, I, I think that that one of the parallels that we haven't talked a lot about in the last couple of weeks is Veronica and Cheryl getting realization of what their families really are. And I think that with Cheryl, her identity is so wrapped up in being a blossom that Mm -hmm. the, the tumor has been excised. She can rejoin the sick body and still be happy. I don't think that's true for Veronica. I think Veronica has made herself too good a person to accept what she now knows about Hiram. And so I think that she'll be fine in a lot of ways, but I do think that she's going to have a, I think that there's going to be a real sense of melancholy and bittersweetness about seeing her dad again. I really liked that scene between Veronica and her mother too, where her mother just wants to leave and you know, Veronica's like, what, like we left New York? And it just was like, I don't know. The two, those two characters have a really good uh, relationship and interaction, and I like to see what they add to each other. So I really appreciated that. Yeah, I really hope that next – I mean, I, I, at this point, I'm assuming that the season Big Bad next year is going to be Hiram. Uh, and and T becomes a bigger force in the community, and he looms large in a different way next year than he did this year. I hope that that relationship remains largely intact. I, I suspect that early on we're going to see Hermione siding with Hiram over Veronica, and I'm hoping that their arc next year is figuring out that that's a bad idea. If you check it out on my KSAT TV YouTube channel, I actually asked uh, Roberto about Hiram and uh, if Hiram will hate Archie as much as he does in the comic books. And I got a yeah, pretty amusing answer. Oh, you you watched it, so yeah, yeah, I had fun with that. Um, so you probably appreciated all my comic book questions, right, Russ? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, even though I got the name of the Reggie dies story wrong, or whatever. I, I was. You call it. But we've been talking a lot, and we've actually on this show we've talked about the idea that everybody thinks you know Sabrina, 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 Hiram, 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 and we were wondering is there anybody else we might introduce in this finale. Uh, he came up with that, uh, Katie Keene, K- real quick, pretty quickly. Yeah, I I noticed that too. But I I appreciate like, that. Yeah. Uh, I just uh, you you asked him like, okay, Sabrina, Hiram, is there anybody else? And he sandwiched her in between Sabrina and Hiram in his response back to you. And yet he didn't mention like Midge or you know a character like hell when he mentioned Jinx also, which was interesting. I mean, he also Little mentioned Jinx. the Red Circle superheroes, which I think we all collectively can agree is probably not going to happen on this show. But Or on the CW, which has about eight too many superhero shows as it is. Fair. You know. Although I still, I still want my Archie meets the Punisher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, or Vibe. Vibing over to Riverdale. That'd be fun, too. 
Uh, one thing I do want to, because I, I, I raised this question last week and it made Chris sigh. But uh, God damn it. But Kevin, uh, I, 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 like Kevin did not. And, and this is a weird thing for me to get kind of like pointed about. But once it became clear that somebody had planted evidence on FP, he did not step up to the plate in the way that Betty and Jughead did earlier and confront his dad and say, what is going on? And what, you know, uh, I guess that might just be me like thinking that he should have, but to me that felt significant. The fact that it was a thing that so many of our characters had to like go through. And it was a a reality that three of the four main characters had to consider and to face. Maybe his dad is that authoritative kind of figure where he's just like, I don't want to screw with him because he's grown up with Sheriff Keller. He knows you don't. It's, it's very possible. I mean, I, it, to me, it, was, it stuck out because yeah. it felt like this week, uh, and again, all like Sheriff Killer jokes aside, like having a real serious conversation about character, like it, it felt like that was a question that probably could have and should have been asked this week is like, okay, dad, what the hell's going on? Because it seems like this investigation also- is not being done right. That would also open the can of worms about who Kevin is dating, which is a conversation he probably did not want to have with his father. Well, he very obviously didn't want to have with his father because uh, here's a, here's actually an interesting thing. In our first podcast, you guys said something about how uh, Kevin and Moose had been dumb because they let Sheriff they, – you know, they, they reported the body without splitting up. No, I think it's to, to to draw the distinction between Archie and Grundy and then this couple that, like, you don't obstruct the police investigation. That's a bad thing. Um, but, in this finale, though, yeah. Kevin did it. In this finale, Kevin and his boyfriend split up out of Dodge before Archie called the cops because they they wanted to keep Joaquin out of Sheriff Keller's radar. And, yeah. I, and also, you don't want... I mean, there's a big difference between hooking up with a football player and hooking up with one of the Southside Serpents. Oh, no, totally. And I, I mean, it's not a perfect like corollary, but I think that from a writing and a storytelling perspective, the fact that this murder mystery started with Archie lying and Kevin being honest with his dad, and then this murder mystery ended with Kevin being dishonest with his dad and Archie stepping up and being the one to call the cops – that can't have been an accident. Maybe we'll find out in a week. Well, I don't, I don't mean, I don't mean it in a way that it's going to have long reaching implications. I just mean, for they me, were, I, clearly they were showing growth in Archie. Right. Well, I, I think they were showing growth in Archie. And I think it's just one of those things where like, as the writers, I feel like as you're breaking story, that's a very subtle way to be like, huh, we can call back to the pilot and kind of turn it on its ear a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I again, it's as if it's a very small thing, but kind of like the thing about Kevin not telling his dad or not confronting his dad. Like there are things that just stick out in my brain as like, huh, that's a writing thing I would have liked to see. In this case, well, it's a writing thing that I noticed halfway through, and I was like, huh, that's a really nice little parallel. You know, I just realized though, uh, on my video interview, another one on my KSI TV channel that I'm plugging right now on YouTube, um, when I talked to Casey, I actually asked him if, you know, 
killer is going to find out about him dating a Southside Serpent. And he made it sound like that is something that will be discussed. Maybe I, it was I imagine we haven't seen the last of that plot. I mean, again, I don't think that it's for nothing that Sheriff Keller asked Archie, how did you know he lived here? And Archie did yeah. not answer. Archie didn't lie yeah. to him. Archie didn't say anything. And I think that if Sheriff Keller is a half-decent cop even at all, then that's something he's going to push on when the the uh, autopsy comes back next week and we find out that Mustang died in a different way than we assumed. I also thought it was interesting. I mean, kind of funny considering the Sheriff Killer jokes that Keller was one of the first characters we could discount as being the bad guy in this episode when he's getting the story from FP and is looking surprised. But do do we think he could still be in with the serpents or anybody bad in any way? I I mean, I still am not totally sold that Keller doesn't have some kind of inappropriate relationship with the Blossoms that would mean that he knew more than, or that like that he was the one who let Blossom in when he wasn't supposed to, whether or not he, like, I don't think that he knew it's funny because we talked about it last week and I was like, he probably knows like most of the adults probably know, or they could know if they asked, I don't think in, from what we've seen this week, I don't think that Keller knew, but I, it wouldn't surprise me at all. If like, it's one of those little things where, because Keller has a relationship with the blossoms, he let them in there. He let Clifford in there to threaten FP, not realizing that the threat was meant to change the course of the investigation. Like, you know, I can see him being, tell the guy who killed your kid what's what's what not realizing that by letting his buddy do that he's actually fucking up his own investigation yeah oh boy but yeah it'll be like i said i next week they we still have another week for a lot of this to unfold uh yeah it again it almost kind of feels like the veronica mars uh uh finale in the sense that didn't you find out that one in the final moments of the second to last episode? And then you had a whole episode of like denouement. No, the final, no, we found out about the person who killed Lily Kane in that finale. Okay. No, the next to last episode was to find out who roofied her or whatnot. Oh yeah. That's so right. you got that answer, but uh, a trip to the dentist. That's yeah. what they called it. But uh, no, this was, yeah, I'm just like, I really hope, I have said this several times, Netflix is putting these episodes up eight days after the season is over here in the United States. I hope over the summertime, people binge the hell out of this show so it comes back big. Maybe even in a better time slot next year. We'll find that out on the 18th, two weeks from now. Yeah, so... As we're wrapping up, we, we've usually ended every episode with giving our guesses of who was Jason Blossom's killer. Uh, I say this week we just break down real quick who was actually was Jason Blossom's killer because uh, Clifford was one of three options that they had when they started working on the show. They didn't decide until halfway through season one that he was going to be the guy. Who were two and three? 
two and three where FP was going to be the killer and or uh, Hiram Lodge was going to be the killer. And then at a certain point, uh, according to Roberto, Hal entered the picture as a possible killer. Well, Hal kind of like crossed our minds earlier in the season. He, he sure well, did. Hal was, Hal was the first of the adults that kind of, for me at least, went in and out of the positive. Because it, it was like two or three, I felt like, oh yeah, this guy's a real good suspect. And then three or four or whatever it was when he stole the stuff. I was like, this is way too early in the season for them to have yeah. given it up. So. Do you know another just random thing I just thought about comparing? They went in. They went into the show having three. Oh, sorry. No, I was just gonna say, like watching the pilot, you know, where like Alice Cooper is like, I hope that Jason rots in hell. It's interesting that her character has grown to the point that she's not so cruel now. And just, you know, by episode 12, I mean, yes, she has her opinions, but I think she has more hate for whoever would have killed Jason than hate for Jason himself now. So yay for character growth. I didn't hear anything you just said. Sorry. Character growth, I agree. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, heard, I heard it on my end, So, uh, but I, I do think that we're having some technical problems because there's long stretches where Chris is just not saying anything at all. Yeah, we'll just forget what I just said. I'll just... I just never mind. <laughs> no, hooray, <laughs> that. no, hooray for character growth, Craig. Okay, so I was saying how it's interesting that in the Riverdale pilot, Alice Cooper was just like, I hope he rots in hell. And by episode 12, it seems like she's more concerned with the whoever killed Jason and that person rotting in hell instead of Jason himself rotting in hell. I, so, I mean, love Alice Cooper to death. Well, I will go, go to the ends of the earth for that woman. Are you kidding me? I, I, I certainly, it's one of those, she's probably the character who is, like, she gets the most improved medal for me because the, the the first couple episodes she was just awful very quickly you started to kind of see her humanity creep in around the edges and by the end of the season you get a real sense for what makes her tick and she's a really interesting character she was awful Machen was doing just a knockout job with the with the part yeah well i mean she i can't think of any part i've seen Machen in where she wasn't good but she's been especially good here. We need to get Machen on the show. That's a, that's a good goal. There's a goal for season two. Get Machen. I just yeah. want her in my life. Like I want to be friends with her and hang out. There you go. And well, you guys he, he, are on the West Coast, so you can make that happen. It's true. I'm going to the Twin Peaks premiere. I can make that happen. Oh, jealous. I'm so gonna, who wrote down with David Lynch, you guys? I'm gonna I'll get David Lynch on this show for season two. He won't answer he anything. No, he doesn't know what our team is. <laughs> we'll just have him talk about Twin Peaks and pretend and we'll pretend it's Riverdale. It'll be fine. Yeah, just replace Clifford Blossom with oh, we can't say that character's name because people like Michelle have not seen Twin Peaks, so we're not gonna spoil Leland her. Palmer. Oh god. <laughs> The show ended 25 Sorry. years ago. Sorry, Michelle. No. Aaron Eccles, the show ended 25 um, years ago. Spoilers don't count. 
<laughs> well, here, the, the, it, this is an ongoing riff, though, because I recently started watching Twin Peaks, and I asked her, like, hey, we talked about that in our first episode. Did we spoil you? And she said, no, that was so long ago, I forgot before I started watching Twin Peaks. Oh, Leland Palmer. <laughs> the devil from I, Reaper. That's, that's true. right. The oh, guy who, very much like the killer of Jason Blossom, had his hair suddenly go white overnight. See, I was wondering if that's just because the Co- the Cooper side of his family might not be all redheads. That makes Ooh. sense. That makes sense. I, I mean, thought that was, yeah. We were trying to figure out what, like, what the significance of that was. It's just that's a, you hit on a pretty good possibility, like the the fact that maybe he's hitting into some genes that are uh, Hal genes. But clearly, Jason and Cheryl are natural redheads. So, yeah, we don't know that. I don't know their hairstylist. Well, you know, Trevor says he dyed his hair, so maybe Jason's not a real redhead either. He's wearing wigs. Dun, dun, dun. What are they going to do with all those wigs now that now that he's not in the? I mean, now that he's not on the show, it's like they they, they that, invested. That a means Supergirl. Supergirl needs to cast their Lex Luthor for next year, and that Lex can wear the wigs. I've actually, fair. I've actually uh, purchased four of them for my own wig collection. Good. I think well, we should uh, we should sell Clifford Blossom wigs as a fundraiser for the podcast. That's I, I, that's a solid idea. Um, actually, one <laughs> of the things we need to do is we need to go back and look at the Facebook page. Oh, and see who was the first to guess? I hope Did enough was people respond? I, I know for a fact somebody responded with Clifford because they responded with Clifford the same week, so it was like episode six, I guess, when I first said that I, I had my suspicions about him. Clifford the like Big I, Red Dad. Exactly. But I, I just I remember looking at the Facebook page and being like, I hope that person's right because then I'm right. <laughs> Wow. And then Chris is just like sitting there like. Yeah, you guys. Now, listen, now now that now that we've gotten there, I guess I could say that I I somehow accidentally found out the answer to this mystery so long ago. And it's been really hard not to say anything. Well, that's why we kept saying Sheriff Keller, because you would protest the most at that one. No, Probably I just, purposely. I, I just—he's a—he's an officer of the law. Yeah, they don't do anything wrong. I mean, never. That's true. You make a valid point. Maybe he did do it. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not going to have time to drop the "I am the law." Oh, you—you you don't listen to the show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I am the law. Uh, well, there was a. There was two episodes in a row where you said that he's the law. And the second time, I pulled up <laughs> Sylvester Stallone quotes and I dropped them into the episode. Nice. Wait, so check this out, you guys. I'm looking at our Facebook page right now. The uh-huh. first person to correctly identify Jason Blossom's killer here on our Facebook page, page will get this sweet jug hat, ha, Jughead hat I bought online. Like the ones your loyal host got from the CW. It's pretty small but it's a beanie winter hat, so you can get it on. This is not an official J, but a handmade replica. 
Now, mm-hmm. as I go into the comments, I see someone say Joaquin. That's not correct. I see someone say Miss Grundy. Not correct. I see someone say Polly. That's messed up. She's pregnant. Someone said Sheriff Miller. I'd like to block them from the page. Then <laughs> someone. Oh, oh wait. <gasps> two months. Two. The Clifford Blossom. One person said it on April thirteenth, and one person said it on April 29th. Oh. All right, Beth Ruzik. Or Ruzik. Was that the first one? Beth Ruzik. Yes, she said it on April thirteenth. My money is on Cliff Blossom. April 29th was Michelle. Uh-huh. Well, Michelle in the interim has made herself a hat, so she's she's covered. Oh, well, there you go. She probably made a hat for her dog, too. She did. <laughs> nice. But, uh, yeah, so that's that's the thing. I still have that sitting in my desk drawer. That's going to have to get mailed out to Bess. Along with, I do have a, a framed 8x10 photo of Pops that I have to send out to somebody who donated to the podcast to help keep our lights on. Did somebody so, donate uh, I besides make a, Michelle? From Michelle. I, I, I've i been holding on to this framed photo for so long because I keep forgetting to bring it to the post office. Okay. Boom. Yes, donate to us. Uh, rate and yeah. review us on iTunes. Tell people about right. the Archie Digest. Yeah, I think unless there's any final thoughts, I think Tell we're... Tell the internet where they can find you. Oh. Who goes first? Uh, why don't I go first? We can we can build to Chris because Chris ha- likes to end on Waterworld and then he can give us an outro. Uh, Groovy. So you can find me at comicbook.com. There's, I'm, I'm a senior staff writer there. I got to go start work in about six hours because uh, I, I'm on the East Coast and it's like 3.15 here as we're recording this. Oh, so find me on Twitter at Russ Burlingame, R-U-S-S-B-U-R-L-I-N-G-A-M-E, or at ECV underscore podcast, which is the Emerald City video podcast. We talk about movies, and uh, tomorrow there will be a new episode in which myself and my co-host Zach talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which I just got back from about an hour ago, and Big Trouble in Little China. So look for that. It's going to be fun. And you can find me at ksitetv.com and a million other places, at ksitetv on Twitter, at Riverdale TV on Twitter. Uh, like I said, I just uploaded a bunch of Riverdale videos to my YouTube page, youtube.com slash user slash ksitetv. Watch the videos. Leave nice comments. If you don't like the videos, don't leave comments. It's kind of like, you know, the commenting on iTunes, but... Thanks, as always, for listening. We have fun doing this. And here's Chris. Uh, let's see. Uh, you can check out my interview with uh, Riverdale showrunner Roberto on HollywoodReporter.com. I'll have more coverage after the finale. Uh, you can see me yelling about The Flash, as I tend to do, this time over at IGN.com. Follow me at Chris Hainer on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, uh, at Hainer Writes on uh, Facebook, and damn it, follow at Waterworld Photos on Instagram because it's one day how I'm going to make my living. Uh, I think I still think they need to hire you there at Universal. One day, but yes, 
I can't, I can't, I can't survive on a tour guide salary, unfortunately. But you know, we'll get there. You should do Universal Studios to social media. You'd be awesome at it. <laughs> I applied for that, so we'll see what happens. Well, Universal, hire Chris. I don't think they go. listen. They should be listening to the Archie Digest. It's not a Universal show. They don't care. Yeah, but you know, the, to Riverdale and back again did air on NBC. <laughs> I know, kind of, yeah. All uh, right. So wrapping up, this has been Archie Digest, a Riverdale podcast. It's a podcast. It's about a story. It's about a town. We have two more episodes left in season one, I guess we're calling it. We'll have a super secret special guest, that, depending on when it records, I may or may not be here for. And then we'll talk about the finale next week, and it'll be awesome because none of our questions will be answered. There you go. And I have already begun putting the wheels in motion for what we're going to do during hiatus. Uh, It's just a matter of getting together with these guys and deciding how often we're going to record. All right. All right, everybody. Talk to you next time.